and welcome to the third and final bonus episode of the Finger Guns podcast, live from EGX 2019. It's Sean Davis here, and I am joined by a very croaky Craig Hicks. Uh, oh, Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah, hello. I couldn't even do that right. Hello. So, a little... Do not, do not adjust your sets. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little bit of backstory to this. Uh, last night, we, we, we bumped into some devs from Frontier and from Two Point Hospital and ended up drinking with them until 2am in the morning. So today feeling a little bit worse where, but... Uh, no, speak for yourself. I don't. I just lost my voice yesterday. Well, okay. I feel worse for where. Greg's just um, Barry White with laryngitis. Yeah. <laughs> laryngitis White. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you'll have to bear with us. We'll, we'll get through this as best we can. Um, but we both did have a, an extra long day. At yeah, we've had a bumper day, haven't we? An absolute chock full of day of games. I think if I keep talking, it's all right. If I stop talking, the throat settles. So, yeah. Right. Well, well, <laughs> we'll, let, we'll let you talk about yours, though, because you got in there earlier than I did this morning because I was busy wolfing down noodles. <laughs> so uh, you got in there first, and what did you go and see first? I went and managed to get into the Death, Strand- oh, Death Stranding, the interactive video. Oh, sorry, it's not interactive. You don't get to interact at all. It's... It's gameplay footage narrated over by Hideo Kojima. I think some of it's taken from the Tokyo Game Show clips, though, because it's yeah. the subtitles have got an MC. I think that's the one that he was yeah, yeah. playing and narrating to. Um, still didn't show much about the story. I mean, he's definitely keeping that one close to his chest. The main sort of tenet gameplay was the networking features they're trying to do, similar to Dark Souls, but a bit more interactive. Because there's a big focus on, you know, like using lad- like telescopic ladders to climb. Yeah. But on the map, you can see where other people have laid their ladders. There's got to be a limit. I think it's like only people in that server or region. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd have 50,000 ladders littering the letterbox. There's got to be people. It's obviously like people of a similar level or progression. Yeah. And it's their ladders. If they've put up any, have like the rain barriers, because the rain is called Timefall and it ages you and damages your uh, your packages. So you can use their shelters and beacons that they've they've set up. And that was the bulk of the, the interactive demos. It was the last part was a boss or not a boss fight, but if you get dragged into the tar, you might have seen it in one of the trailers. The uh the four legged beasties, the gold faces. Battle one of those where you throw grenades at it. But that was an example of the, the mechanics of that really. We were told before going in there'd be a cutscene and there wasn't. It was a bit disappointing. Not the game itself. I'm still I'm still gonna get it, but it didn't I know I wasn't going to give much of the story away, but there wasn't any kind of character development or teasers or anything. It was just the network features and a mini-boss battle. Uh, that was it, really. It definitely seems like... I mean, if we, we know now that people have got review copies and that people have been given, like, seven different deadlines that they have to meet with their coverage. So, like, they can talk about the fact that they've got a copy... They can talk. They can post one GIF by a certain date. They can reveal certain. It's going to be very interesting because it does certainly seem like they're keeping like the biggest chunk of the story behind closed doors until we all get our hands on it. Which, thanks for that, you know, like yeah, the I mean, last we know. it's good. It stops like the problem with a lot of movies and games now is they give away so much in the trailers. You think, oh, to play it now, yeah. So maybe that's the gimmick to make people want to play it more. Who knows? People so, are going to be really disappointed if there isn't anything more to it. Yeah, if that was it. Yeah. You know, I mean, he has said that he's keeping secrets, so yeah, typically the big secrets are not just, Haha, it's actually an MMO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so, 
After that, you headed off and you went to play Zombie Army 4? Yes, the new one from Rebellion. It's definitely its own thing now. It's not It's not really a mod from the Sniper Elite games anymore. It's definitely its own its own franchise now. Yeah. Uh, especially with Strange Brigade last year. It's, it's in that mould that it's the same kind of thing. Zombie hordes, a bit of an occult thing going on. There's uh, like ambush rooms, then you want to get from point to point. I only got to play one player though. It definitely benefits from multiple people. Did they did they see how many players you'd be able to play as? Uh, four. Four, so four player online. There is like the you can still you still have a sniper rifle. Yeah, otherwise it wouldn't be a sort of sniper spin off game. And you still get the occasional X ray kill, but it's a bit hard to stand there and line up shots when you're being attacked. Yeah. Like by zombies. But it's it was fun. It was just like I said, it's a bit strenuous because you're on your own. So it sounds like if you have one person covering you while you're like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, your, your secondary weapon could be like a shotgun or a machine gun. Yeah. And then a pistol. But yeah, if you want to use the paint weapon, then... Yeah. Yeah, it seems a bit... Yeah, you need you need one person, really. And then the the last game that you played um, before I arrived was Table Manners. Oh, God, it's hilarious. Uh, if you've ever played Surgeon Simulator, you'll be on the right sort of path with this. You, you pick a date from a... What's the outcome? Oh, Blunder. So it's like a Tinder knockoff. That's, that's the whole point. Yeah. And then you can, if you want to, engage in some dialogue with them, which right. you can also fail. You can fail the date before you've even gone on the day. Right. Because it says, like, you can send a jokingly reply back. And uh, I think I said a joke back. And my prospective date went, oh, you're not a murderer, are you? And I chose deny, as in to say, not, not, which I thought would be jokey. And the reply came up with, not yet, I'm not. <laughs> and I was like, how in any context is that going to get you off to a, yeah. yeah and, then, and then they blocked me. I was like, oh, picking up. And the, the rep was like, oh, yeah, you can have one of the other ones from the contact book. I was like, oh, good, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you pick your date, change your setting. The first the first one they give you is just a table and a restaurant. And the instructions you're given to you are from your date. So they'll say, I'm saying day because you can date men or women. Uh, but uh, your date will say, oh, why don't you pour some wine? Now, the, the controls, I don't know how they'll do it on the console, probably with the the triggers, but it's like left shift, left shift moves the hand up and down. Sorry. Left shift moves the hand up, control moves the hand down. Pushing the mouse forward and back moves the hand on the horizontal plane and moves it around. But you've got to use that in conjunction with the shift and control yeah. to raise it and lower it. Right click rotates the hand, you've got to hold it. Left click grabs things. Yeah. So you've got to use that in conjunction. So if you've got the bottle of wine, you've got to rotate the hand and grasp it, lift it up with shift, move the mouse, yeah, letting go of right click so you don't rotate it, moving the mouse, <laughs> then clicking the right mouse button to rotate the, the to tilt the bottle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then moving the bottle, and they'll want salt on their fries, so you've got to pick the salt up. But uh, they'll, it's simple instruction, like lighting the candle on the table. You've got matches, or you've got the little flambe, like steak torches, yeah, like low torch things. And uh, yeah, you, you think you've done it. And next thing you know, you, you pan out, you set the table on fire as well. So you've got to, <laughs> you've got to, the mini extinguisher to put the table out. And, so it's a hot date then. Hey. <laughs> uh, then it's, it's, it varying degrees of progression in the date. So they'll want ketchup on their steak, which is a bit of sacrilege, really. Can you end the date there? Can you just walk away? <laughs> I'm done. Um, they want ketchup on their steak. And they, want, they don't actually eat the food. And then they want a slice of your pizza. So you've actually got to pick the pizza and pretty much ram it in their face. <laughs> it disappears, but the, the the action is essentially hand down, like a, like a toy claw game in an arcade. Yeah. Pick up pizza, 
ram it on home. Straight <laughs> in the, and then they want a brownie. You gotta order the brownie for the menu, straight in the face. What so well, what what do the dates look like? Are they like proper models? Are they character models? Yeah, yeah, they're cutesy character models. Oh, yeah, right. you've got a range of choose from men and women. And you, there's a little progress meter on the side. It looks like a health bar, but it's obviously there. Yeah. And they go from being smiley to a little bit distracted to on their phones to arms crossed and then they'll walk away. Right. Okay. But they can change. They can be sat there like phones and they'll get pissed off and cross their arms. And then you make them better and that then they get the phone out because that's the stage. Yeah. But it's it's not too bad a game when you get them sort of movement mechanics. And then the rep was like, oh, try the hard level. And you're in a boat. And there's two tables with like a... <laughs> A tray on a on a pulley system. So every time that you shift, you go from one table to the other. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, you can put stuff on the tray to move it across." So she says about light. I don't know why she wanted you to light a candle at sea in daylight, but she does. <laughs> or they, or they did. It was a she in my case. So matches are on one side, candles on the other. Uh, so I picked the matches up, threw them. Didn't mean to, but the, the items will reappear if you lose them. Yeah. And he said, "No, no, you can't. You can grab the the, the candle." What's the, what are those fancy dishes called that hold candles in? Like they, they're like lanterns. Candle holder. Yeah, I suppose so. He'll go with that. <laughs> um, he said, you can't pick that up and put it on the tray. So when you do move, it will go back with you. So I grabbed it and then I kind of broke the game. Oh. You know, you see those game fails where like and, uh, bodies are stretched. Yeah. Horrendously. Yeah. I grabbed the lantern, the candle holder, and the entire hand just like spazzing out across the screen. Yeah. And he came up and he went, you know, not meant to see that, not meant to see that, not meant to see that. <laughs> and then it crashed. Yeah, 11 out of 10 would, would date again. It's good fun. So, I mean, you know, you look at what Coffee State have been doing with this kind of genre of simulator, like goat simulators, you know, you've got surgeon simulator. No, I don't think it's intentionally buggy. No, but like, they, those games leave those things in, but in a, in a restrained way, so that, you know, like, you, you can watch the goat basically completely freak out on screen. Oh, no, that was, that was meant to be intentional, but surgeon simulator was like deliberately. Difficult. Yes, yeah. but it wasn't buggy, so yeah. everything was meant to be wacky physics. But if you did something wrong, you I know what you mean. You, yeah. Like you get the sore stuff sometimes, and it yeah. will just. I think that's things just, will just. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that that will do that in the confines of the thing. It's stuck in one. Yeah. Very rarely will it stretch the store. Right. Okay. I think this is the same kind of thing. But it was an early build, so yeah. Yeah, I I think they just they kind of well, that wasn't meant to happen. Fair enough. Okay. But it, it, I'm talking about it, so it was good. <clears throat> Thoroughly enjoyed it. No, to give you a rest. Hooray. Oh, <laughs> that really hurts. So now I now I actually got into EGX and I played a literal shit ton of games. Uh So first I headed over to P-Cube, who had uh, Initial Drift, which is their new uh, drifting game, which they announced like two weeks ago. Uh, it's basically a twin-stick drifting game, which is like the first of its kind. The demo they had, they had three different cars, and... The left stick was to direct the, the car, and when you flick the right stick in any direction, the back of your car would spin out. But depending on how fast and how mobile your and how like how agile your car was, depends how easy it was it was to drift. So the slowest car you could flick out and drift like around the road really easily, really easy to control. The faster car was like an, a shopping trolley that be bouncing off the barriers. The game looks great. It's really interesting. It takes a lot of getting used to at first, but once you do get hold of it, so like ended up beating the fast car with the slow car because I was cornering so much better than it was uh, as as the bot. So yeah, it, it's got a ton of potential and I'm really looking forward to that one. And I know Paul is too, because 
Uh, he's already bagged the review copy, but we'll have to have a discussion about that now. Um, <laughs> so after that, uh, PQ also had uh, Warborn, which is like a, a mech-based hex strategy game. We included it on our list of games that were going to come out this year to look forward to in back in January. And it's not going to come out this year. It's because they've added like every console platform known to man to it, apart from the Vita, of course. So yeah, it's it's basically a really awesome strategy game. You you have like a hex grid. You move troops around. You can perform attacks, and uh, you've got particular like special units that look like Gundams that you can call in that have like awesome uh, attacks. One one of the really cool things is that like based on the hex grid, if you can shoot through multiple enemies, the the damage will stack. So there's there's a ton of strategy there, uh, and that was that was really impressive. So that's definitely one to keep an eye on still. Right around the corner was from Modus Games, uh, Chris Tales. So I'd never heard of this before, um, but the art style looked like really lovely. Like basically like a Studio Ghibli movie. It looked phenomenal. So I was like, I'll, I'll give it a go. The tutorial initially it puts you in like a combat situation where you're defending this village. And the combat is basically Final Fantasy VIII's. So every attack you can choose to attack or do a skill. And as you attack, if you press a, a certain button, you'll follow it up with a better attack. And the same the other way. So basically, when somebody attacks you, if you if you time the button, press right, you'll like block some of the damage. Then the game itself, like it takes you into like a bit of a story thing where you've got this frog that kind of guides you around, and it's it's a stunning game. It looks fantastic. The art style is is like I say mind blowing. But that was definitely one to keep an eye on as well. So then I went to go and see Roki, which is from the United Label Games and from Polygon Treehouse. And I'll be honest with you, this was the best game I have played all weekend. It's like an adventure game based in Swedish mythology. It's gorgeous, really, really stunning. Um, the, it's basically like an adventure game where you walk around and try and solve puzzles, but everything's based on mythology. So at the start of the demo, you walk into a tree and inside the tree are loads of eyes that open up bit freaky then you walk outside and there's a troll under a bridge with a sword stuck in its back and the troll's like if, if you help me take the sword out of, out of my back i won't eat you so then you have to go and try and find a way to do that and it's like combining items that you find in the environment to then try and pull this sword out of the the troll's back it, it's really gorgeous game it's like the probably the best most exciting thing i played there the music was brilliant the like the dialogue was really nailed down. They've done a really great job on that game. I'm really excited about it. Then I went to go and see Tommy Crops, which is uh, Stodgy Valley meets a twin stick shooter. So you go around like farming, dropping crops during the day, watering them and growing them to keep yourself alive because there's been some kind of nuclear apocalypse. But as soon as night falls, like loads of things, like animals try to come and eat your crops, so you have to defend them during the night. So during the day, you're obviously farming, and during the night, you're just basically fighting. It seems like a quite a cool game. I think it's out on PC now. I might give that a look when I get back to Stoke. So next, I went to go and see what uh, No More Robots are describing as the Sad Dad Simulator. Yes, your liege. And it's like, like a king simulator, kind of like that mobile game where you get to choose between two different cards each time. The idea is what they're called? Reigns. Yeah. But it's like Reigns where you basically people come to you and ask you questions like, hey, the, the first the first decision you have to make is uh, they found a deserter and if you 
you can either execute him or you can let him live. But you're about to enter a big battle anyway, so he's probably going to die. So it doesn't really matter either way. There's a really quite a funny bit that if, like, Basically, at the start of the game, your your castle is completely surrounded, and if you wave the right flag and like surrender, the the king says, "I'm sure they'll be noble, and you know they'll let us leave us alone." And then just a message pops up to go, "Game over. You have been mutilated. Your castle has been ransacked. Nobody spoke your name apart from birds for years." So yeah, don't do that. <laughs> the game the game's cool. It's like a pixel art style. It's it's a Quite a nice looking game, and uh, I didn't really want to spoil too much of it because it's things like one of those games that's going to be my jam. So yeah, that's one I'll be looking forward to. Then I went to go and see Aero Two. So I'd never played the original Aero, despite it being like it looks really appealing a couple of years ago when I saw it at EDX Res. And I thought I'd give this one a look. And basically, it's like a rhythm game that you follow. It you can move your left stick. Uh, on the controller around in complete circle and your ship which is centered when it's not being pushed um, moves to the side of the screen you have to follow like a ribbon of light as it moves around the screen and as you do do so there's like dubstep music and like trance that's being played and if you don't follow the the ribbon of light the music goes off key kind of like any normal rhythm game yeah that's really cool they had a really awesome kind of seat custom seat thing where the, the seat would rumble along with the game which was fun what else Stargrave Reapers. Yeah, so well, next up I went to go and see that, which is Spilt Milk are the developers, which this year can't the MMO Lazarus, which was an incredibly ambitious game, but it looks like, you know, it, the developers said it was the right decision to cancel it, but what they're doing is taking a lot of what they put into Lazarus to create Stargrave Reapers, which is a single-player-driven experience set in, you know, the same kind of universe. It's like a twin-stick space shooter. Now, the demo's early, I, I picked up a game that somebody had already played and they'd managed to bug it completely. But, you know, that that's what happens on, on, on EGX show floor. So we reset the demo and it, it felt really nice to play. There's a lot of potential there, so I'm really excited about that one. What else? Oh, yeah, I went to see Warp Drive, which is... It was in the Transfuser area. It Basically, it's like Wipeout, except you're in, like, Hovercraft. And unlike Wipeout, the outsides of the tracks, they are, like dirt and will slow you down which was diff- different and every so often in the track the the track starts to glow multicolored like rainbow shimmer and at that point you can press a and it will like transport you around the track to a different part of the track which is it it's a nice little gimmick i'm not sure if it'll really change the genre but it felt quite nice to play there were no weapons in the game that demo that i was playing and it probably would benefit from them but it was still the the racing itself was quite fluid and cool oh i'm almost there greg i'm almost it's there fine. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to whispering everything so next i want to go to coatsync and see sublevel zero redux which is the switch version of sublevel zero this game i i played the demo on pc and i played it i've played about 20 minutes of it on ps4 this probably is the least visually impressive version of it because it's basically it's on the Switch, so you've got to expect some downgrading. It's still pretty good. It's it's like I can't remember the retro game that it's actually you know it's it's akin to, but you on a a spaceship that flies around the inside of a, uh, another bigger spaceship, and you shoot things and you can rotate your view like three sixty degrees, and it feels really great to play on the Switch. But it like I say, it is a 
a bit of a visual downgrade. But playing this demo did convince me that I'm going to go and buy it on the PS4. So I guess that's that's one thing. Um, <laughs> and then I went and played Cake Bash with a load of kids, which is their new multiplayer party game. So you play as cakes, as you might expect for the game named Cake Bash. And you've got a number of four-player local like activities that you have to compete in. So the, the first one that I played was there's like a, a cake in the middle of a table. And your selected cake has to go up and pick up a piece of fruit and then throw it into the cake. And the person who threw the most amount of fruit into the cake by the end of the, the round is the winner. And that was fine until they told us that there are, there are golden fruits which drop, which count as 10 fruit. But you can also punch people and you can knock them out and make them dizzy. So once one of these golden fruit drops, basically everyone was trying to bash each other out to get this golden fruit because... We were all pretty level. So it ended up just being a scrap with me and these three school kids. And I came last in every one of the rounds, which was, I'm going to say I let them meet me, but I really didn't. I was trying really hard to beat these school kids and I failed. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fun game. There was another, another round, which is you had to go and punch uh, fortune cookies that were falling from the sky onto this table. And whoever smashed the most got you know, won the round. And another one was that there was like toppings that were falling and you had to walk around and put toppings on top of your cake, basically just by walking over them. But if somebody punched you, some of the toppings would fall off. So you were like picking up jelly beans and sticking them on the top of your donut, if you're playing as donuts. Let me tell you, this game makes you hungry. Like I'd already had my dinner and after that I was like, I want food. It, it's, it's a nice looking game. Very, like it's a family friendly game. I'm definitely going to be playing this with my kids when it comes out. So yeah, it's a... A nice looking game. And I went around some of the uh, university areas. So I went around the Transfuser and I went around the, the D.A.R.E. program. And I sat down and played this one game and it was like really stood out to me because it, it looked great and the, the mechanics were great. And it's called Station by Penrose Games. And I think they're from a university in Wales. I think it was Aberth... Oh, I, can't, I can't say it because I'm just going to murder it. But it's a, from a university in Wales. Aberth... Um, oh, uh, I don't think it was Aberystwyth. Uh, with it. But it definitely began with an A, but I, I like I was going to say Aberforth, but I think that's from Aberdeen. Right. To go through that, yeah, it, it's from Wales. It begins with A. Um, I apologise that I don't know where the university is from. Basically, it was like an, a spaceship. Now you're in a space station. That's you know the, the name of the game is called Station, and you've got a UI like a, an AI, sorry, that's helping you, and a version of the AI that's trying to kill you. While you're working through the this the station, so like one of the one of the first bits of the game, you walk into what looks like a recreational area on this sci-fi ship. Then the bad AI turns off the gravity, so everything in the room then just hits the ceiling, including yourself. But thankfully, you've got this like traction gun, which will like fire out a grappling hook and pull you to places. Uh, and later on, using that to swing around the level, attaching to these green barriers, which like. You're trying to fly over lava, and then there's a bit where there's you're basically in the engine room and you're dodging fire blasts that are coming over your head. It was a really, really solid demo, and I think it was their uh, graduation game, and uh, they they said they're going to try and finish it and get it out and actually publish it. So uh, good luck to them because it had a lot of potential. Then I went to go and see Unto the End. So there's been a lot of games that have tried to do Dark Souls in 2D. And I think this is probably the game that gets it the most. You play as this uh, old grizzled veteran dude uh, who's, and it, it's 
it looks a little bit like a colourful limbo. You're in like a cave system. And in the demo, you you walk along and then like animals attack you. But you've got like a very complex combat system where you can you can hold up your arm, like you can parry high, parry low, dodge, and you can repost. And once you've like parried, once you've parried low or blocked low, you can do. It was a really complex system, and it, it, you did get into a tutorial which really explained it a lot better than I'm doing it here. <laughs> It had a lot of potential and it really, it looked like a nice game. It's got like this low poly feel to it, but it was really quite dim and it dark and Nordic feel to it. And one of the cool things is that like, if you get hit, so like if, if a goblin or whatever it is that like stabbed you, you'd become injured until you healed yourself. So basically you were like hobbling around now trying to fight. So it, it really pushed that whole kind of punishing feel. So definitely worth a look as well. Then I played Fuzzball which the developer was keen to point out he spent a lot of money on and it's coming out on all the platforms. And basically it's a, it's a collection of mini games where you play as an animal which is in a ball and you're basically propelling yourself at you against other players to try and complete objectives. So one of them was like survive. So the aim was to push each other off a table. And another one was push other players off the table. So you're pushing other players off the table. And then there was another one where NPCs joined and it was like push those off the table. And <laughs> it felt like it felt like a mini game that you'd find in another game. Didn't feel like a full game in itself. Maybe there's more to it. And I hope there is when it comes out because it looked cutesy and it looked like it could be fun as long as they're not going to be asking like 15, 20 quid for it. So... Yeah, that's that's another one we played, or I played. And then, then I met you back up again. Yes. And we went to play Legends of Rune Terror. Yeah. I mean, for a card game, it was all right. For a card game, it's all right. For a card game, it's all right, but I don't play a lot of card games. So I've never played, like, Hearthstone. I didn't really get on very well with Gwen, so it was a bit lost on me. And my voice is going again. I'll take over, don't you worry. <sighs> so, so Legends of Rune Terror was announced this week. It was it's from Riot, and it was announced during their like big celebration of the League of Legends. So, League of Legends has been announced to come to consoles, and at the same time, they announced this Legends of Rune Terror, which, uh, when you first look at it, it does look a hell of a lot like Hearthstone, but it does play slightly differently. So, there is a, more of a focus on heroes and. There's like a very distinct attack and defense like phase. And yeah, it, it's one of those games that I think this might be the one that I jump onto, given that Hearthstone is probably not like something people are going to be playing for very much longer, given the way that Blizzard are right now. But yeah, it, it, it looked cool. It had a lot of visual effects to it. <coughs> and I played through a lot of the tutorials and it seems like there's a lot of depth there. You know, you could card switching where you switch positions from attack and defense and that kind of stuff. It, it looked in depth and, and worth a worth a look. So keep your eyes on that. Apparently, you know, the the queue it looked deceptively small and that's yeah, why we went on. We got in the queue. And then, then then we got to the queue and there was like a ton of people playing it. So it looks like it's gonna be a big one. Then we went off to play Circuit Superstars, which, yeah, which is was really good fun. It was like rock and roll racing. Yeah, I, I got that feeling like it there was a definite like micro machines feel to it. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like Motorstorm RC reminded me of that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of top down. It's a top down racer where you play in like it's a low poly but quite detailed world where you basically drive around the track and trying to the part that we played was like a time trial. We had ten laps to pull off the best, fastest lap. 
and um, the it was like the only track that they had at the minute. Um, but they do have multiplayer. They got up to was it twelve player multiplayer? Did you say or ten? I can't remember. Uh, twelve four player, uh, four player, or four player local, four player local split screen up to twelve racing online. Yeah, so they, they they're really going for it. They've got different cars, different tracks. You said that the, some of the tracks are going to have like ramps and quite difficult corners to get around. This genre has kind of exploded silently. You know, you got like Zen Racers and you've got you know Mantis Race, Mantis Burn Racing and stuff like that. So this is another one for that genre. But I think it's it's got quite a quaint charm to it. Then we went. Oh, so then I went to go and play Murder at Malone Mansion. This is a multiplayer game where you have a number of players and each one has a uh, an occupation. And the idea in multiplayer is that you have one person who has committed a murder and everyone else is trying to figure out who it is. But as the murderer, you're trying to cover your tracks, but also trying to play the game so it doesn't look like you're trying to obstruct everyone else doing their job. So it, it sounds like a really interesting premise. But what they had at EGX was the single player component. So they've got like a training mode where you walk around a house and you find clues. And each one of those clues relates to an occupation. They can link to multiple occupations. So, for example, if you walk around the house and you find like a helmet, some of the occupations are like gamekeeper and policeman. So they they might, you know, match to two of them. One of them was like an important document. And you've obviously got policemen, you've got like an official. It was a cool demo and I'm really interested in playing the multiplayer. There's a beta coming up and it's from White Park Games. So if you if you get a chance, go and drop them a follow on Twitter and make sure you join their Discord because it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun online. Uh, the single player really did give me a taste for the fact that they know what they're doing with this. It's going to be fun and the devs are really kind of passionate about it. So this is definitely one to keep a lookout for. The art style as well was really fun. <laughs> they play as the detective who would like, got, he, he looks like he'd uh, just walked in out the pub. <laughs> but uh, yeah, worth a look. And then, finally... Just, just one small game that's coming out. So Greg managed to talk Oz into going to play Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, I didn't really want to throw the whole press clout thing around, but we got to the Avengers stall at like 20 to 7... And they were like, closed. And I went, oh, can we not just sneak in as press? And the rep went, stay here. Like, loudly to everyone, I was going, closed, closed, closed. And it sneakily went, right, come on, let's keep in. So we, got, we were the last ones of the day. They got to play Avengers. And it's bloody awesome. And I was very dismissive of it when I watched it because it just looked like a boring, sort of, well, tech demo from what I saw. It was just follow the trail of insert generic Avenger here, do a few bits of combat, blah, blah, blah. But the level served as a tutorial for the five well five of the characters five of the Avengers that you play and then each one sort of their mechanics really so how each one of them fights it's it's all the combat mechanics we're used to like the Batmans and Shadow of Mordor and Sleeping Dogs which are all sort of the same style system it looks very good for a pre-alpha yeah I agree like that that first demo that you know the trailer that they released the, the big gameplay snippet of the the bridge and the attack and the helicarrier it's it's basically like the vertical slice of the game that's meant to show it off. And it, it does a good job of doing that because each Avenger feels completely different to players. So, you know, you start off as Thor and he's wielding his hammer and it's, it's all cool and flashy. And Thor's like nails. You just, you, it was really hard to actually hurt Thor in any way, shape or form. Like just stand there and they couldn't really hurt him. And then you're playing as uh, Iron Man and flying, and that felt completely different. 
his felt like a third-person shooter at the time because, like, because you got the repulsor and you could just fire it off whenever you want, and it's that that was awesome. Um, I forgot to mention Thor's hammer is freaking awesome. Yes, you can throw and recall it. Yeah, it's it's like the the God of War axe, yeah. you know, the the Leviathan axe, but it feels better because like it pins people. It doesn't like, you know, like he threw through the the Kratos's axe in God of War and it just kind of went. But in this, you can like throw it and pin people to a wall, and then just walk in and punch the crap out of them. It, it's very impressive. Then you know, like each character just feels very different and has different, almost similar, but with like little tweaks to their special. So, like to pull off Captain America's special, you have to hold a different button than you do for Thor and Hulk. And so, and one, when once the demo had finished, we retreated to like a little kind of blurb about what the game actually is. And this kind of pointed out to me that, that this isn't just like what they failed to mention when they've been pushing this game. We know that this big explosion happens, that the Avengers got blamed for it. In this synopsis, they say that the Avengers were forced away. So basically, AIM is the company that's come in to replace heroes because the government has made it illegal for you to be a hero. Their game itself is broken up into single player and what they call war zone missions where you're going off and trying to make the Avengers a thing again. So, it's you know, you're going to fight crime, but because you're, like, illegal. So, basically, it's um, The Incredibles 2. That's that's basically what the plot is. And uh, it looks pretty damn cool. And there's some tweaks they need to make to the combat, especially Hulk, as though you can just, like, pummel yourself into the sea inadvertently. But, yeah, a really impressive demo. And I'm absolutely brimming with excitement for it now. And that was it. That was it for day three. So our third and final day at EGX. Thanks very much for listening to these if you have done. It's been a lot of fun. So um, we'll be doing another podcast soon with some post-EGX. Yeah, no, we're not going to have a Sunday one this week just because we've done three bumper ones. And I need to rest my voice. <coughs> yeah. Greg Greg definitely needs to uh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll see you again soon. So goodbye from Greg. Uh, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a goodbye from me and Sean so I'll, uh, we'll speak to you again soon bye bye